And so it would seem that we are growing smarter and dumber at the same time. I don't know how many of you guys could relate, relate to that. I, there was a time that I had, um, and I don't think I'm exaggerating, probably 50 phone numbers in my head. And I have maybe three now, I'm not sure. But um, I used to sort of be prideful about that. All, it's all gone. Um, today we're going to continue our, our, our um, subject about wisdom. We're going to talk about wisdom. We're going to talk about the, the wisdom of, of God. So I think the important thing as we begin talking about this this morning is we don't, we don't equate wisdom with knowledge or wisdom with information. I don't know about you, but I, I'm so happy that I live in the day that I live in. Do you realize that there has never, ever in history been a day like this when we have so much information at our fingertips? When if you are having a conversation with somebody and you say, uh, so who is the 38th president? Google, boom, you got it, right? Just, just, just like that. Uh, if you are wanting to like put your windshield wipers on your car and you're struggling, YouTube it. And there's somebody right there, and they're going to show you exactly how to do it. You know how to try to fix that toilet? YouTube it. You got right there at the right, right at your fingertips. You want to um, know how to be a better parent? Go to TED Talks and and listen to some of the experts about how to be a, a better better parent. Uh, Alexa is probably in some of your homes, you know. Hey, Alexa, what's the weather like today in Japan? And, you know, what time is over there, by the way? I mean, on and on it goes. We have all this information, and I, for one, actually, I'm really, really happy about it. But information is not the same as wisdom. Because as bright as we are, when you think about it, as, as much information as we have, for a lot of people, it hasn't really influenced the kind of choices they make in life. Many times, those choices are not necessarily wise choices in terms of, of relationships and business and finances and uh, raising children and a lot of things. And so what we're looking for is a wisdom that's sort of above and beyond the wisdom that, that we have. And so the question we ask you this morning is, how do we live a life led by God's wisdom, not just our own, not our own limitations? A lot of us are highly educated people. Maybe you've got a couple degrees and you get, well, you know, I've, I've got, I'm a pretty smart person. Yeah, I, I get that. But that knowledge is not the same as wisdom. That information is not the same as wisdom. So if you're here today, and maybe you're a person that's kind of sort of standing outside faith a little bit, and you're kind of exploring, and you're thinking, well, I don't know, I'm sort of checking into Christianity, and I want to see if it works. I want you to, to, to lean in a little bit today, okay? And I want you to, I want to sort of showcase the wisdom of God and show you what, what, what that looks like. And if you have your Bibles with you, I'd like you to turn to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is in a category of books in the Bible. It's called wisdom literature. And so there's about five books in wisdom literature. Uh, besides Proverbs, you've also got Ecclesiastes and Psalms, and there's a couple of other books. So there's a category where it says, this is really powerfully, uh, powerful, wise words. Now, none more that we're going to read today, because this comes from a guy named King Solomon. King Solomon was the son of King David of Israel, and the Bible says of King Solomon that there has never, ever been anybody wiser. He was the wisest man that ever lived outside of Jesus himself. So in, these, uh, in this chapter right here, King Solomon is, is talking kind of like from a father to a son. So let's uh, listen to what he has to say to, to his son, uh, or to us, really, beginning with verse 1. He says, he says, My son, do not forget my teachings, but keep my commandments in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. Then you will win favor 
and a good name in the sight of God and man. Some of you, if you grew up in church and went to Sunday school, you might have memorized these next two verses. Uh, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. As I was reading that very verse this week, I was kind of cut to the heart. Because I realize, that maybe some of you can relate to this, that way too many times in my life, I, uh, I thought that I was smarter than I was. Way too many times in, in my life, I thought, man, I got this thing. I am wise, I'm smart, I'm educated, you know, I, I got this thing. Only to realize um, I had information, I had knowledge, but in a lot of ways, I didn't always have wisdom. He says, this will bring health to your bones and nourishment to your body. Fear the Lord and shun evil, and this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. So, let's talk about godly wisdom. First of all, if you're going to have godly wisdom, it means you, you can't settle for our limited uh, wisdom, which is, a lot of it, it is education, it is knowledge, uh, it's things that we've learned through life experience, that's all good, but are you, here's the question, are you going to just settle for that or would you look for something that's beyond you, something that's a little bit bigger than even you, as you make some of the really difficult choices in life? And let's face it, there are some hard choices that we have to make. And that's where, where wisdom really comes into play. He says, so he says, don't forget my teachings, keep my commands in your head. One of the, there, there's certain phrases in the Bible that are very, very repetitive. It, in fact, Moses says it, you know, Jesus says it, some of the prophets say it, and you're like, why do they keep saying that? And one of those phrases is this, don't forget it, don't forget it. Now, why would they say that? Why would Jesus say that, Moses say that, uh, in this case Solomon? Why would they say, don't forget, don't forget? Because what do we do? We forget. That's why. I mean, it's like, some of you are parents, you know, like, you're like, do not forget, whatever that is. I remember when my dad was teaching me how to drive, one of the things that he really emphasized is to be sure when you park to put the emergency brake on, right? Good, good, good practice. So when I was about 22 years old, I'm on a construction site one day, uh, and I'm halfway up this ladder on a, on a building working, and out of the corner of my eye, I see something moving only to see that it's actually my car going downhill. Apparently, uh, I didn't put the emergency brake on, and I must have left it in neutral. And so I jumped off that thing as fast as I could. And at 22 years old, I could run like the wind. So I'm running as fast as I can. My car is just picking up a head of steam. And I'm hoping that the door is not locked. And it's not. And so I'm running down as fast as I can. I swung the door open, somehow managed to throw myself into the seat and slammed the brakes on just before it ran into a tree. Yeah, like, wow. And then, and then I remembered, oh yeah, put the emergency brake on. Well, this, this, there's some... Parts of our life, and a lot of parts of our life, it's like, so remember, so you don't crash into something. So remember, so you don't destroy a, a relationship. So he says, lean not in your own understanding. That's the first thing. And again, when we lean on our own understanding, some of it's really good. Some of you are really smart people in this room right now. And some of your understanding is really good. But the question is, is it enough always? And could it be that God has a wisdom that's above and beyond even that? And then, in all of your ways, submit to him. Basically, what that means, and here's applied knowledge. Uh, it, it's when you say, okay, I have the information, I have the knowledge, and now I'm going to do it. And then the Bible calls that obedience. See, a really wise person doesn't just, as James would say, just hear the word and know the word, but he actually begins to obey the word. 
That's, that's where wisdom comes into play right there. You know, one of the things that I find to be alarming and a little bit scary for myself, the, the book of James tells me is that the more information that I have, like about the Bible, so what you need to know is I, I went to, uh, uh, to a Christian college when I was really young, and I've been in ministry all my life, and I you know, have taken all the theology classes, and I have degrees and all that kind of stuff. So I know a lot about the Bible, and that is a good thing unless I just have all that knowledge and I'm not applying it. And the book of James tells me that the more knowledge I have, the more responsible I am. That's kind of scary to me. And so it's applied knowledge in the right kind of ways. A lot of people have a lot of knowledge, but their level of knowledge does not meet their level of obedience. And so that's what he's talking about there. Solomon is going, don't just hear it. I mean, like, live it out, okay? Don't forget how many of you know that human wisdom has, has a, a, a time stamp? Like, like, for instance, what we thought was really, really wise yesterday, it was really smart yesterday, it was really dumb today, and, and a lot of things. I, um, I wrote a couple of things down. For instance, how many of you pay attention to all the different diets that have been coming out through the years? Okay, so, you know, we have, for instance, we have the South Beach diet. Remember that one? Been around for a while. We have the Paleo diet. We have the Atkins diet. We have the zone diet. I mean, I started looking this up this morning. I'm like, good grief. There's all kinds of diets. Now, here's the thing about all these diets. You, you know, you're like, maybe you even went on one and you went, oh, it was so effective. And then you read about three years later, don't go on that diet. It's destructive. It causes cancer or something really. And you're like, what? And, and that, lately, I've been hearing that. So I grew up and it was always like the most important meal of the day was what? Breakfast, right? Now they're saying No. It's not the most important meal of the day. In fact, you should have little meals throughout the day, and it just keeps changing. It makes me think of, even on a psychological level, the way that we used to deal with certain kind of behaviors, and then we learned something. Like back in the 60s, and this is horrible, I almost hate to throw it out there, but if a person had really violent behavior back in the 60s and they didn't didn't know what to do with that, like they cut out this part of the brain, it's called a lobotomy, and they thought that was a good idea. Yeah, Yeah, you notice how tame they are now? Yeah, they're a vegetable, wasn't a really, really good idea. And then later on, we developed some better techniques. How about in training? Any, you got any athletes around here? Anybody? So when I was, uh, yeah, there we go. When I, when I was training and going through high school training in particular, and this is a long time ago, they told me that weightlifting was not a good idea in my sport, all right? And then a decade later, you know, after I was kind of done with my career, they go, weightlifting is the way to go. It'll make you faster. So it's, it's that timestamp thing. And then what about timestamp on, on fashion? So, I mean, how many of you have been embarrassed when you look back at some of the pictures of yourself? The other day, I came home, uh, and I heard my two adult sons upstairs, and they were watching TV, and they were laughing hysterically. And I'm like, I thought for sure there was a comedy on. And I went up there, yeah, there sure was. It was me. And they were watching this video of me back in the 1980s when I was a youth pastor, and uh, I had a mullet. I had a full-blown mullet. To ten, you know, so you know how it is, short in the front, party in the back, you know? And so, and they're just, and I was embarrassed too. I'm like, oh, I can't believe I used to wear a mullet, you know? There's a, a timestamp. So everything's morphing. Everything is changing. What we thought was smart, you know, turns out to be not so smart. But then you have the eternal words and wisdom of God. And that we can always trust. So, we need to consider that maybe, okay, that maybe God's wisdom is better than ours. But maybe God is actually 
better at life than we are? Have you ever like, thought about that really on a logical level? You go, so let's see, he created the universe, the stars, the oceans, the desert, you know, the ecosystem. He created all that. He created me, and he has a design for me, but I don't know if I want to pay attention to him or not. Maybe he's actually better at life than we think he is. And maybe it would be, do us all well to say, okay, God, if you think my life should be lived out in a certain way, then, then maybe I should, I should do that. That's why he says trust. It's trust. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. In other words, I, I, I'm all in. Now, seeking God's wisdom means that we trust, right? So first of all, why? Because God, here's what, the first thing we have to trust. God actually wants the best for me. He wants the best for you. He wants the best for your family. He wants the best for your health. Every category of your life that you can think of, God wants the best for you. That's the first thing you have to trust. You have to believe that. And then the second thing that you have to believe is that God knows how to get what you want. Like He knows how to get the very best for us. For a lot of us, we go, okay, I get the part that God loves me. I'm pretty convinced that he actually loves me and wants the best for me. But how, how do I get what I actually want? Like Maybe you're here today and you're not married and you're thinking, I would like to get married and... Can God help you with that? Yes, he can. Again, 39 years ago, he found me like the most amazing woman. And, and so God's willing to help you in that area and all a lot of other areas of your life. So let me, let me talk about this church for a moment. Right now, we're on a mission to find a building. Okay, we've been here for 22 years at this school, and we've decided that um, it's been a good 22 years, but it's, it's time. It's time for us to find a building, which is no easy thing. So I'm, I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, God, you know how to get what's best for us. Uh, I have, there's, a, there's a group of people at this church called the, the PB Leadership Team, Pacific Beach Leadership Team, and they're amazing people. There's about 23 of them on this team. And we pray together, and we strategize together. And one of the things that we're really serious about right now is we are trying to find ability. So I would really like to invite all of you to pray with us about this, but here's, here's what I know. I know that we can trust God. I know that, that God can get us that building, but your prayers would really help. And so I just, every once in a while, I'm just going to kind of throw it out there. Can, can we trust God to get us a building in Pacific Beach? And I, I really, really believe we can. Let's go back to the passage for a second, okay, and dissect it a little bit. So what does God want for me? So here's what he says. In verse 2, he says, I want you to live long. I want you to have a prolonged life. When I, whenever I think about that, I always think about guys. And, there, and there's a reason I think about guys. Because if you can get a guy to 26 years old without dying, you know, you, he has a good chance to live, into, like, live his, his years out. The reason I say that, a lot of you know that. Have you noticed when you go to buy car insurance that you know, it's kind of high up to about age 26, right around there? right? Now, why is that? Well, they've discovered, and you've heard this before, that there's this little thing in our brain, us guys, and right around 26 years old, you know, when we're being wild and crazy, and believe me, I was there, I'm like, I'm going to jump off this building. And all of a sudden, I'm like 26, and I'm going, oh, you know what? I could die. I don't think that maybe is the most wise decision that I could make. And I think, really, I mean, God wants us to live, or maybe, like, I'm going to take this, what is this drug? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to pop it. You know, when we have all these people dying of drug overdoses. And a lot of this is 26 years and younger, you know, somewhere in there. And, and God says, look, it, I want you to make wise choices because I want you to live. I don't want you to die at 26 years old or 29 years old. Okay, I want you to, to live. So that's the first thing. And then he says, I want you to experience peace, verse 2, and also prosperity. And there's this beautiful word in the Hebrew language, which is shalom. Beautiful. It just kind of rolls off the tongue. Everybody say it. Shalom. 
shalom. And, 